I am welcoming our listeners back to yet another chaotic episode of the Blessing of Power podcast. So here we talk about what it means to be Black, what it means to be empowered and resilient. We talk about overcoming, adapting, and, and thriving in today's society. I am really excited to be back for season three. As you guys know, we kept the ball rolling despite an ongoing panini, ongoing stressors, ongoing trauma in this world. And we are just so excited to be back with hopefully new and engaging materials and new and engaging guests. I am so excited to be with Dr. Christina Campbell today. We will be talking about negotiating. We'll be talking about her route to the professorship. She is an associate professor and entrepreneur, so she wears two very large hats, and we're going to talk about how she manages those. But I want to just start by saying a very warm welcome and hearty thank you to you, Dr. Campbell, for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Long overdue. I am so glad to be here. So glad to talk about one of my favorite topics, negotiating. And I'm excited. I'm excited too when you say long overdue because it is, right? So we met in, I'm going to say 2020, when I was in the midst of an identity crisis and <laughs> applying for a job at Georgia State. And I was talking to a friend about, you know, just not really knowing who I was and what I was trying to do within this new system and really fighting for my worth and fighting for a startup package that would allow me to succeed as I transition. So uh, this was two years ago. And since then, I took your course and my mind blown, was able to negotiate this position, yeah. bought your book, have just been singing your praises in terms of your ability to quantify and qualify the work that we do in academia in a way that you know, causes those who have resources to reward and compensate and support our work. Um, So very briefly, I just want to, in addition to that introduction to how we know each other, just let you take a couple seconds to tell our audience who you are, where you come from, and why this work is important to you before we jump into some some fun stuff here. Yeah, so... I am Dr. Christina Alicia Campbell, first-generation college student, went to San Diego State, Michigan State, and Yale University, but it took me 13 years from the start to the um, end of my sort of academic journey before entering into academia as a um, tenure-track professor. And so throughout that 13-year journey, I was close to six figures in debt. A lot of it came from undergrad. And so I had always been very passionate about, I think my life for it in general has always been freedom. Wow. The path to getting an education for me was just one path to freedom. Uh And me being able to navigate education to be able to have steady income, to have a career that I enjoy was really important to me. 
But because of that 13 years of school and being almost in six figures of debt, while I should have been celebrating and very excited to land my very first position, it was sort of, I was torn, right? There's a piece of me that was like, okay, I should be mm. celebrating, but I'm also drowning in debt. What do I do? And so a lot of the work that I do now around negotiating was birthed out of this experiencing, recognizing that I was very educated, but also very broke. And mm. I needed solution fast. I needed a formula. And I had gone through 13 years of school, never having access to any formal training or preparation or any informal training or preparation that would help me situate myself where I would be successful personally and professionally. Wow. And after 13 years, you are navigating your first position and realizing, wait, I have to go <laughs> these past 13 years in a way that says you should support me moving forward. Wow. So I want to build off of that. Um, like I said, we're going to interject some fun into this. I want to, uh, my audience is familiar with this game that we play called the Song Association Challenge. Um, we are switching things up, like I said, this season and just integrating that throughout. So are you familiar with the Song Association Challenge? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> so this is a good, this is a good start. So I'm going to okay. say a word. It's going to be based on okay. this conversation, based on the vibe. And following that word, I'm just going to give you 10 seconds to sing the first song that comes to your mind that has that word either in the title or in the lyrics. And then we're just going to okay. keep rolling with the questions. Okay. Okay. So 10 seconds. Quick. You don't have to sing the whole song before. It's quick few bars. Okay. And then we're going to keep rolling with um, the questions that we have. So based on what you just said, I want your first word to be, and then I'm going to start talking, um, money. Starting with the money. word money. I believe Beyonce said, I'll be getting to the money. Yeah, Everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then she does this, I believe. I'm not a singer or a dancer, but I'm so happy with that. And you know, if I had candy, I would give it to you because you started with Beyonce and everyone here knows it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So can you tell me about that first experience that you had? So when you're first thinking, okay, how do I negotiate and navigate? salary or startup is that what you were first negotiating yeah so i do think negotiating is a part of all aspects of our life the basic mm. idea around it is being able to have a conversation about your needs and wants that's one component of it and so throughout life we're growing up we're asking and having conversations about our needs and wants whether it's mm -hmm. in a relationship friendship in the workplace when we are in the stores working with customer service reps and so on. And so I think we really have all been negotiating all of our life. I think when it comes to salary negotiation, there were two defining moments. The first one happened in grad school. I had a mentor who sat me down. And while he never really taught the art of negotiating, he showed me the power of $500 and said, okay, 
If you mm. have $500 more in your salary, this is how it adds up over time in terms of future raises, in terms of retirement, in terms of how it's going to allow you to leverage more resources and opportunities and promotions and so on. And so he planted a seed where I knew like every dollar count. I'm not going to allow someone to minimize a conversation I want to have, even if they feel that the number is small. Because I realized that small numbers over a long period of time could make a big difference. The yeah. other turning point for me was during my postdoc career, we had a professional development course. In one day of that course, there was a conversation around negotiating. And the person who led this course said that I um, I was excited because this was going to be my very first opportunity to get access to what to do when I enter into the job market. But unfortunately, while it was labeled negotiation talk, it actually, for me, was not a training on in a workshop on negotiating. At the wow. time, uh, the person who was teaching or talking was from the administrative side of the university and said, universities have budgets. There are budget cuts happening. They can only do so much. Instead of focusing on salary and bottom line, you should be focusing on things like computers, office space, things to navigate your research and so on. And so I was mm. quiet for a second. I was sort of making faces and squirming a little bit. But at some point, you know, people were looking and I just raised my hand and I was like, you know what? Like, I hear you, but I cannot eat a computer. And so it was quiet. And then the people started you chuckling. Not <laughs> You did not need a computer. And so right. the, it, right. he still kind of looks at me and shakes his head to this day. But after I negotiated <laughs> my salary, I was like, I told you I couldn't eat a computer. But there were people in that conversation, colleagues and other postdocs. And a few people said, whatever you do when you go on the job market, that's what I want to do. And so it was at that time I had to figure out a plan that was simple, easy, and practical. And so part of that plan was just me getting really clear on my needs and wants and what my vision was for my career as it related to my service, my teaching, and my research. But I think those two moments were a game changer for me where I realized, you know what? I need to put together resources. It's like right now, you go to Google, you type in negotiation support or help, you're going to get a whole lot of security negotiators, police people who can't help you with hostage negotiating. It's like it's a crisis, but I don't have that kind of crisis. I need to be sure that mm. that base salary and the money, in addition to all the other resources universities have to offer, are situated in and in, in are provided in a way so that I could actually excel, so that I can meet whatever their expectations are when it comes to obtaining tenure and the other promotions that happen within. Wow. So I want to hear about kind of that early process of figuring out what supports you as this is a postdoc transitioning to a junior faculty. Um, now I got pressure on myself. I'm trying to think of your next word based on what you just said, because right, that was, that was prolific in terms of, right, there are resources that the university is going to try to sell you and 
there's a salary that you need to survive, right? So uh, right. it is important to remember both sides of that, right? My research support as well pay me so that I can, like you said, eat and put food in my mouth and gas in my car. Um, so let's have your word be, I'm thinking about like both or duality. Um, but that's hard because I can't think of a song. Let's have your word be easy. Two, the number two, or you can do T O O. Yeah, it could be hot. Okay. Um, oof. I think I'm drawing a blank too. Any countdown song, I can give you a hint. I'm going to keep that for All right, time. I had a couple. It's okay. I was thinking, um, you like a dream come true to make you come uh, with you. Right. Okay. And that's because I didn't want to do Beyonce because one plus one equals two. And then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that, right? The process of support and resources as well as salary. How do you balance those two when negotiating with a school and department? Yeah, I think the one of the biggest things people have to remember that preparing for negotiating comes far before the actual offer. Mm. And one of the most important starting places is getting very clear on your personal needs and wants and also your professional needs and wants. And the reason why I say needs and wants is because typically people from marginalized communities people who may have grown up where there was some socioeconomic disadvantage, people of color, we have figured out how to do a whole lot with a little. And Woo! so by focusing on needs and wants, we mm. can actually get clear about truly the want because if we only focus on our needs, we find ourselves asking for the bare minimum. And so the need becomes the threshold. What is the minimum I need to even function mm. and survive? Yeah. Now, what the wants become, what are those extra special things that will really allow me to shine in this role? And the goal is to get clear on the wants and have a conversation of truly about the wants. Yeah. Now, there are certain things that we should not consider because they won't meet our basic needs. But then there's other things and there's people who are ready to really engage us on our vision personally and professionally around our wants. I do wow. believe that the two things, personal goals and professional goals, they can be in alignment. But it really takes you sitting down and reflecting, how do I want my life to look? Where do I want to live? How do I want to live? Wow. When you think about the professional goals, when I show up into the classroom, what does that look like? Is that in the community? Is that in the physical classroom? Is it online? What does service truly look like to me? 
what does research look like to me? And as you get really clear, you're going to even ask for things that people have never heard of or seen of before. Because Christina. you're going to be able to have a conversation about a vision. Yeah, you got that's- me parking, baby. <laughs> right? And, and, and that is kind of the discussion of what do I need? Yes. What do I want? And what does that look like? And what you really emphasize for me and what I think you're hitting on is how can that support you as a university, right? If I'm here, if you're hiring me to do community-based research, I might need a close parking spot so that I can get in and out quickly when I'm going to talk to community members, right? And I think that what you're hitting on is especially important when it comes to us, right? Black people, Black women in particular, because we're not socialized to ask for our wants, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly, we can go get our needs, but asking for our wants is, right, like we're not socialized to even negotiate bedtime or to negotiate, right, you know, certain things is what I say is what goes, so really just this kind of mindset just to, yeah, we're going beyond needs and you even encourage us, I remember, to imagine, right, like to be creative about if you have millions, what can you do and what sort of support do you need to do that? Um, So yeah, these are really important points that you're making. I really appreciate how you are about balancing those, right? For us, right? We oftentimes are just happy to be here. I know I I need a couple notebooks and, you know, (laughs) some seed money for, you know, a pilot project, but to say, right, no, 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 you should imagine and they're lucky to have you as well. And what can they do to support you, I think, is a different way to to think about this process. I do, while we're, we're thinking about our next um, kind of stage in this process and the shifting that we're doing, um, I want your next word. We're going to have 10 seconds. I don't even have a song for this one yet, but let's see if we can come up with one. Uh, prize. Do you know a song that says prize? Prize? has a word in it, yeah. Like, we are the pride. I'm sure there's a song that says, keep your eye on the prize. But I don't know right. what that song is. Right. It just sounds like yeah. a song. Uh, maybe in church, we sing. We wrote spiritual, exactly. Yeah. We're thinking of the same song, right? Exactly. Right? So along those lines, uh, how can you, or how have you, that identity shift of happy to be here versus I'm the prize and this is what you can do to support me? And how can faculty convey that when negotiating? Yeah, I, th- I think it's so important that when you begin to get clear on your needs and wants, that this is a reflective moment that you have alone that you are very sensitive to not creating a dream or a vision that's influenced by parents, people, what people think you should do and how you they think you should do it. It really takes a moment to be um, self-reflective and have a vision that is sort of outside of what people are 
um, imposing. And the reason why I say outside of people is because sometimes, and this is true even for me, I am mm. the product of lots of programs, of all of the research programs designed for minority students to help first generation. Wow. Like, I am a product of a lot of scholar. I'm MacNair scholar, NBRS scholar, NIH fellow, yeah. NSF, AGAP. I mean, I've been in programs, right? Yeah. And so wow. these programs have good intentions, but they are designed to help teach you a certain culture and they wow. help teach you a certain way of doing things. But even outside of these cultures, right? It's so important to kind of step back to say, why am I here? Why did I even start studying this? What got me here? What exactly am I interested in? Because we can even find mm. ourselves watering down what our inspiration was because of the types of research our mentors have done. And so you really have to get clear. Wow. There are some people who need to pivot and change their research agenda because now they are free and they're a faculty member in a tenure track position and they need to go ahead and pivot from what their mentor was doing. You did what your mentor was doing to get out, but now it's time to pivot and get clear on what was your initial inspiration. And so that takes some work to really be bold enough and courageous enough to say, why am I here? What is my purpose? What do, what kind of impact do I want to make? And once you have that discussion, you don't get caught off guard when people say no, you're so tied to your purpose and your passion, whether or not you open up a door, provide an opportunity or not, I'm still going to get this done. It may not be resourced by you, but the vision and the purpose is something beyond you. I do wow. believe that we all have a purpose in this earth and that mm. this thing was imparted in us before we even entered into graduate school. The goal is to get clear on what that is. What are the things that really keep you up at night? What types of questions are, are the questions that cross your mind? What mm. are the things that motivate you and make you feel good and happy? And sometimes mm. within that, we can discover the types of things we should be doing. And we have to be so married to that purpose where people say, well, we don't do it like that here. You can say, but this is just the work that I'm here to do. And so you're able to lean wow. in even very different from what the culture says you should be doing. But you have to take the time alone because you'll find yourself being conditioned and shaped by your environment. And the minute that happens, you might limit your capacity to understand your wants and needs. Wow, that's so important. So would you say that starting with your why and starting with your values is the first step? First step. First yeah. step. And that has to really take you to a space where you even have to question what you say you value to make sure that this wasn't a, uh, this was not inspired by these outside are you here for tenure or are you here to do the work right <laughs> are you here to impact the community right because right. what you ask for looks different based on what that goal and that value is wow that's so profound right mm -hmm. so start with your why and then it sounds like the next step is to just dream right what do you mean how can it support you what do you want how can it look best yeah you have to recognize that if it is indeed mm. part of your purpose to fulfill something. It's going to be fulfilled, mm. right? It, it has to be fulfilled. It's it's like um, 
this wow. recognition that if I just accept and receive and just admit, like, I'm supposed to be doing this work, right? I'm supposed to be inspiring people around being free. If that, if I accept that as the work or the ministry, you'll be shocked at how many doors open just because you surrender to the very thing that you're on this earth to do. Wow. Yeah. And so it happens, but you have to be married to that purpose and that passion. Wow. I'm, you're reminding me, right? We're talking about trajectories. My first job I started, I didn't even apply for a tenure track position. It was to direct the clinic. And I literally said, I'm not here for tenure. I'm here to do this work with these Black kids. And yes, we're going to infuse research because we need to show that it works. But right, that wasn't my goal. And I got the call back that said, no, baby, you got to come back and re-interview for a tenure track position based on not what you asked for, but the vision and the way that you described yourself. Um, so yeah, I often tell people like I stumbled into academia, right? Like I'm a, my degrees in clinical community psychologist, like my work is in the community, but you're absolutely right that if you start with that vision and you align it with, okay, what do I need? Oftentimes you'll see that the infrastructure, well, you'll see, right. If you, in our case, we're scientists, practitioners, right. Then the infrastructure of academia is one that you can utilize to like you're saying, right and amplify the work that you're doing. And definitely, mm -hmm. I think that if, if that's the lens that we take, right, not which is what it was. So thankful to be here. I'm so happy to be here, right? <laughs> what can I do for you? Not how can we help each other and make it a mutually beneficial relationship, which um, I have you to thank for that, right, in terms of the understanding that, no, 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 they want you and you are contributing something here. And just keeping that in mind, I think, helps with the negotiation, which is often an act, right? It is saying these are things that I need and that people can push back on when they are the stewards of those resources. Absolutely. And I think there's another piece of that. Once you have figured out what you value, what you want and what you need, now you can think about that organization and what mm. their goals are. And so with my vision, I am able to communicate how my wants, needs and desires and values align with the goals of the organization. And so I, well, even as I talk about these wants and needs in my vision, I mm. can tell them how this will impact their students, how it will impact the department, how it will impact the school, the college, wow. the field, wow. as well as the surrounding community. And so mm. this allows people to see, no, there is alignment. This is what I'm coming to the table with. This is the impact that I can have. And so you have some decisions to make if you feel like this is the type of impact you want to have. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you are and 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 you are blowing my mind. I know our listeners' <laughs> minds are blown. I want them to stop writing everyone. Stop writing and just listen. I know you guys are taking notes. I know you guys are talking right now as fast as you can about these steps. Hold on. You're gonna be very happy to know. She's already written this for you. There's a book. Um let's let your next word be need need 
Um, there's a song we sing it in church. It says, "I need thee." Oh, I need thee. Every, yes, every hour I need thee. Yeah. Amen. So. <laughs> Tell us about what we need from you based on everything that you said just now. Tell us, first, let's talk specifically about the book and then we'll take a step back and just talk about entrepreneurship and your company. Tell us about the ABCs of negotiating because you are <laughs> dropping gems. You are telling us the steps to take. I know that everyone wants to know about how do I walk through this process. Um Tell us what you've done. Yeah, so I uh, published last March the ABCs of negotiating. And it was actually inspired by children's books. I wanted to be sure that there was a quick read on the market that could provide people with a very simple formula to help them have a conversation about their wants and needs. If you currently go on Amazon and you look up negotiation books, it's there's some good stuff out there, but you're talking two, 300 pages. If a student or a faculty member gets an offer immediately, they have to be able to have enough courage to have a conversation right away. And so the book was designed for someone to be able to finish it over a cup of coffee, lunch, a meal. And they would be able to go from beginning to end and be able to pick up a strategy, a skill, or a tip. At wow. the end of each letter I present, sometimes there's even an action item or a reflection question. But each letter those. is signed. Awesome. Thank you. Each yes. letter is signed yes. to be a game changer. Yeah. So that you don't leave money or even an opportunity opportunity on the table. Yeah. But yeah. It's so necessary and it's so quick and impactful, right? So you guys already see what's your why? Right. What are your values? Right. They are literally, like Dr. Campbell is saying, so thought provoking in a way that just allows you to restructure the way that you approach negotiating and the way that you just come to the table beyond saying, right, like, I'm happy to be here. You know, thank you for this opportunity. It is something that allows you to be more solid in your identity and your contributions to where you can say, okay. Definitely. Thank you for this opportunity. Happy to be here. And right. So that mm -hmm. next step of how can you amplify the work that I'm doing uh, is critically important. And like you're saying, each of those letters come with the corresponding tip, come with the corresponding question or action item that is so necessary to being able to just rethink and then start the process of negotiating. Is, is this specific for academics? Or is it for anyone in any field that's trying to negotiate salary or different position? Yeah, so the book was inspired by people in academia. Yeah. However, it is a book that I use with my 10-year-old goddaughter. When we're shopping really? or we are in the store, I'll even test her, like, what tip did I use? For instance, we were in Panera one time, and I... They have this special sometimes where you can pay 99 cents for like a pastry if you get a meal. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I purchased the meal, but I didn't do the 99 cent pastry. And so we were finished our meal and I was like, can you do the 99 cent pastry? Although I didn't do it the first time. And she said, you know, no, we bring it up already. We don't do that. And I was telling uh, her, um, 
if she doesn't mind, I would love to see if the manager can make an exception this time. Um, and yeah. I turned to my goddaughter and I said, what tip was that? And she yeah. said, you asked the person with the money and the power. And so Come there's on. the tip in the book that says sometimes we get no because we're talking to the wrong person. You Sometimes a person has a title, but they're not the person who has access to the bag. So you have to make sure that you situate yourself in that no, you got to ask yourself, is this true for the person with the money or the power or better, mm. right? Yeah. And so she's 10 and she's like killing it with some of these tips on how yeah. to negotiate. So it's really designed for every career professional. However, it was written in a way where if you're 10, 19 years old, we started working on the book around nine years old with her. Um, She's she's going to be killing it. She wow. is going to be able to come by the time she gets older. Come on, little boss babe, please. That is beautiful. <laughs> and you know what? I have a nine-year-old me who we call her little boss lady. I need to start making sure that she is up on her negotiation game. And I do have your book, so I'm gonna <laughs> actually I'm gonna get her her own copy. I'm gonna go on Amazon and gift it to her. That is amazing. That is such a right, you guys. That was one example, right? Let's say that that was the the letter P. There are literally A B C D E F G. If you guys are understanding the ABCs of negotiating, she goes through the entire alphabet and provides tips that correspond to the first letter. And allows you to understand how to better negotiate just based on these things that and mindset shifts really that we know work right. Originally, had we not read that, had we this tip, we hear no and we accept no, right? Yeah. We need to be able to think creatively about okay, where can these resources come from? We clinically we talk about rolling with resistance, right? How do you roll with resistance as someone who's negotiating if? The department chair says, no, oh, you know what? There is a D for diversity that might have some incentives based on, right, fill in the blank. And who can you think about that has, like you said, resources, money, power, respect? Come on, let me give you another word. Um, oh, I could have used any one of those three words just now. Uh, <laughs> let's do... Boss. Do they say boss in song? Boss. Um, wow. So I do have a confession in me. I mostly only know gospel songs, and I don't know if we use, we use the word boss in any of the No, because I'm like, no. Uh, Jesus, you're my healer. I'm you're so my terrible. provider. I don't think he's a boss. Um, so I can keep that in mind. I can keep that in mind. Um, uh, so I'm oh, sure. you're still thinking? Let's see. Yeah, was that ten seconds? Maybe two more. It's um, you please. What what if, what would you have said? Mine is so secular. I'm a boss ass bitch, bitch, bitch. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm so, yeah. so I'm a podcast listener. I listen to the news all day. I seldom yes. listen to music. It's crazy. 
I'm just learning songs. It's it's terrible. What are your favorite podcasts? I'm a podcast listener too. You know, I'm really interested in finances. So somebody I find that's very fun to listen to is JT the Pocket Watcher. I don't know if you've seen his. No. He's like um, I think he's really dope because he has brought to light the number of scammers that are out there. And I find that oh, with social wow. media, people have had so much access to create just a lot of scams. And so he does a good job helping people prepare for early retirement, think about savings in the market, but also um, he does a lot of evaluations on gurus that are out there. And so I think- wow. he JP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now he, he's going to talk about some of your favorite gurus, but he always provides data and receipts to help educate people so that they're not caught up in the get rich quick schemes that are out there. Yeah. And so I, I really love it. I feel like he's saving the world money. So yeah. I need that. JP, the money watcher or the pocket watcher? Uh, the, pocket watcher. the pocket watcher. The pocket watcher. I love so that. Yes. Yeah, shout out to JT, my favorite. Is JT black? Yes, he's a Come black on, should... uh, certified accountant. Yes. All right, we can add him in the show notes for today. Um, I'm going to go in. Um, do you listen to the Budget Niche stuff? Yes. I, yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she talks about like stocks, budgeting, of course, being a millennial, not being broke. She did talk about like cryptocurrency. She has a Facebook group too. Um. Yeah, and then I, I'll I, say I like her stuff. she's yeah. on a current um documentary that's out on Netflix that's worth watching called "Win with Money" or something. I I'm gonna get the title wrong, but she's featured um Ooh. in the cast of this documentary that's worth watching. Shout out the it's called Side Hustle Pro Podcast. Um, this is a black woman led podcast. Her name is Natalia Matthews Okome, I think. I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong, but Side Hustle Pro Podcast. Um, that is a great podcast that I like to listen to. Just about, you know, how do you get your start in entrepreneurship? Um, particularly as black women who have right like main jobs. <laughs> so I mentioned to our listeners, right? You guys, Dr. Campbell is faculty. She's like in the academy and right? You are a business owner. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, your business, how you got started, what, again, your walk is and how it relates to um, how it relates to not only your research, but especially what you're doing with the ABCs of negotiating. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I mentioned already, I think a common life word for me, has been like freedom. And so freedom, I yeah. Uh, juvenile justice populations. And I create um, assessments that help for early release. So it ties into freedom, right? I want people wow. to be free. When youth come in contact with the justice system, court officers and judges, they got to figure out what to do. And so a lot of my research helps informs that with hopes that alternatives like community interventions or just diversion or dismissal is what ends up being an avenue for these youth um, to reduce individuals from being in residential placements, which is really jail. 
we call it residential placements because we typically use the word jail for adults, but keeping youth out of jail, keeping youth free. But over the course of my years of doing this research, I uh, launched a business, a startup called Academe 180. And 180 represents um, a lot of people don't know this, but the 180, some people think it has to do with like a circle or it's a turnaround, but 180 is Harriet Tubman's address. She, for me, was the epitome of freedom. She, no, I did not know. Yes, yes, the 180 is for Harriet Tubman's wow. address. Yeah. She, mindset, like her, wow. yes. um, she was epitome of freedom. And I think like her, I want people to be free. Wow, and yeah. so I believe that one path to freedom is knowing how to negotiate. Growing up, being from South Central LA, I understood like I was that person. When I get out, I'm gonna go back and tell all the homies, right? I'm gonna if if I can figure this out, I'm going to help someone else. And so wow. that really encompasses the spirit of the startup Academy 180, where I now do workshops virtually You're free. in person. Yes. That is so it, impactful. Yeah. Wow. And so I've been doing this work with uh, universities from some time. They have me come and do in-person workshops. I do live workshops virtually on how to negotiate job offers. I um, am currently building some online courses and materials so people can navigate through the information on their own. But I believe that people will be able to experience a freedom that they've never experienced before, all because they understand the art and science to asking for what they want and need. And so with Academy 180 comes both services, support, and resources. As I mentioned before, you look for negotiation coaches, it's like all this hostage negotiating, security negotiating, but people need a negotiation support system for career professionals. Mm -hmm. And then they sometimes need people who've navigated negotiating themselves and they understand the unique events and experiences of those coming out of academia, those with advanced degrees. Mm -hmm. And so I hope to be a part of that solution by helping people recognize absolutely everything is negotiable. That wow. negotiating is the life skill that we all need and that they have the capacity to be a star negotiator. Wow. So that's, and I'm thinking back to the one handout. Um, like you said, you gave a, a bunch of resources. There was one handout that it was like a dream activity, essentially, where you allowed us to integrate our why with what we needed to support that. And I promise you, <laughs> Not only in, you know, writing that initial response to what they offered, but also in those follow-up phone calls that you have, you know, when negotiation is moving very quickly, just having that resource to look back at, right, to say, this is what I need, this is why, and this is how it's going to help you, right, it was so anxiety-reducing, so calming, so reassuring. It was a, a reminder throughout the process of these are the key points. This is what I need to make sure I address and why. Um, and truly, without those resources, without that class, um, I was just out here floundering, right? <laughs> um, so 
I want you to tell everyone how they can get in contact with you. Before you do that, let me give you one more word. Let your word be, and this is an easy one because now I now I know the vibe. Help. Help. Oh my goodness, that's such an easy one. I thought it was, and now I can't think of one either. Hold on. Help. I'm thinking about scriptures now. Now I'm like, my help coming from the Lord. <laughs> yeah. I went too far. What are uh, songs that say help? Yeah. I think I'm stumped for this one. Spirit crawled out. The Holy Ghost said, Spirit, Holy Spirit, hear my cry. 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm, it over, let it flow. Wow, help. Right, hold. From the Lord? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm stumped. You know what, y'all? I stole this idea from the Terrell show. What Terrell does is he has I love the Terrell. Already, already. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come prepared with, with words next time, y'all. Um... <laughs> Yeah, look at the words and make sure they have songs that go with them. I felt like help would work. Um, but tell us how we can find out more about you, how we can, if we are a department who wants to let you come and talk to upcoming graduates, if we are just an individual who's about to interview and we need help, how can folks reach out to you? Yeah, so the best way to reach out to me is academ180.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok on academ180.com. There's a contact us right on the webpage where you can submit your email and information. If you're like, help, I need help right away. I do have a strategy call that I do that is a more immediate help where you can add um, a time to talk to me uh, via Zoom and you receive the recording of that call and we make sure that we work through your questions you have a plan wow. or a strategy. Uh, negotiating goes beyond just job offer. There are some people mm. who are about to negotiate a promotion, negotiate an extension before receiving tenure. Uh, there mm -hmm. are individuals who are having problems in their department. They need to renegotiate location, schedule, time, commitment. And so you don't force buyouts. So negotiating goes far beyond just money. Our goal wow. is to make sure you don't leave money or opportunities on the table. One thing that I often say is that there's a lot of emotions and feelings that come up throughout the process uh, when you're trying to have a conversation about your wants and needs. There's a lot of discomfort that comes up as well. There's fear mm. that comes up. But there is like one feeling I don't want anyone to feel. And that is the feeling of regret, feeling like you didn't take advantage of a moment. And wow. so I want you to be as prepared as possible for those moments so you don't experience any regret. Wow. And that's so important. You don't you don't want to get to your first week on faculty and you're starting to talk to the faculty who's mentoring you and you realize what 
I left so much on the table and other junior faculty who came here before me have things and have supports and have higher salaries even that you would never know unless you talk to somebody, unless you ask. And that I think is an important part of what you teach as well, right? So utilize these strategies and collect data around you to see, right? Like what do you guys have and how can I now move that forward so that future applicants or future hires can get additional support as well. Absolutely. And if it is the case where you've negotiated and you're like, oh my goodness, I did a terrible job or I forgot a lot of things, let's be in contact. I can help you navigate even that moment where you feel like you've already signed the dotted line, but there were some things that may have been left on the table. Our ultimate goal is to make sure that as we're in these spaces, that people are truly bringing the best they have to offer. And so while there will always be sometimes a gap between what we believe our value or worth is and what we need and want and what is being offered, we need to be sure that they're at at the very least, they're meaning an employer organization is bringing their very best. And so by asking the right questions and to be able to have these prepared conversations, you'll be able to pick apart to know if indeed when you sign a dotted line, they're offering the very best they have to offer. And so that's the ultimate goal. When people say, well, how do I know when negotiating is enough? It's us making sure that we are bringing there's their best, but they're also, there's nothing left on the table. <laughs> and y'all, Dr. Campbell is not playing. Literally, she wants you to make sure that every available resource is one that's allocated to support you and your work. And that is so important. And like you're saying, right, there are specific ways that you can ask questions that that make sure that you are saying, okay, is there anything else that based on what you know I do, you're used to providing that support faculty like me, right? Just cover your bases, right? That's the what don't I know that I said no question and making sure that you talk to other junior faculty. All of these are just critically important tips that without right having talked to you or without having access to those resources, we just literally would never know. Absolutely. Team no crumbs. Team no crumbs. And you know we need the episode title. It is literally Team No Crumbs in the Art of Negotiation because it is so important to gobble gobble, right? Like we're here to do this work. We're going to eat and we need to be rewarded, compensated, and supported accordingly. Um, so yeah, Team No Crumbs, I am holding on to the 180 of the academe. It, yeah, it, that's it is a mindset shift, but it's, come on, it's freedom that is on the other side. That is a great reminder for you, right? Whenever you whenever you use that business name, that, like you said, that is the ultimate goal. Absolutely. And um, in addition to the book, which I encourage people to get, it's on Amazon, the ABCs of Negotiating. Um, in addition to staying connected by joining our listserv on acting180.com, I believe it's on March 3rd or 4th. It's a Saturday. It's the first week in March. I'm going to host a live workshop um, on my website. What's nice about that is that because it's live, it's not pre-recorded, you can actually ask questions throughout the process. And you could actually ask questions at the end because there's just a engaging process at least at, at the end. And a lot of times, at least the feedback I've received for people who've been in the live experiences is that people have been able just to take that alone and 
it make a great impact in their negotiating. And wow, so, first week in March. The first week. It's the first Saturday in March, a Eastern time zone. Uh, there's even a coupon available on the web page. I think it's called Welcome. I should have that information in front of me, but I don't. But if you go to we'll the website, um, I'll definitely would love to meet and engage more as we roll out some materials that will just give you access all year long. But for now, I'm going to spread this message in person, virtually. And uh, I hope to be at a university near you sometime in 2023 and 2024. Yes, you guys, please, please, please go to drchristinaalicia.com. Sign up for her services. Come to this free live workshop and utilize the other ones that she has provided for you all. Um, also, so I, whenever I send people to you, I send them to your Instagram. That is... Instagram.com slash Academe 180, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the Instagram and the website are the two main avenues you can reach me. Um, oftentimes when people come through the Instagram, I do direct them to the website Academe180.com. And okay. so there I do um, both free and some that some services that do cost. Um, however, everything is negotiable. So Definitely contact me. Like, don't just be out here struggling and we can get some support for you. There are fees attached to some of the stuff because there's an infrastructure and there's things associated with the work that I do. However, I do believe this is not just a business, but this is also a ministry. And so I do like to make sure that I reach as many people as possible so that you could get the support you need. I do recognize that people go through graduate school and sometimes never have the proper mentorship support. And so if I could be um, an answer or help provide some of the support that will help you launch professionally and be successful, I hope to do so. Wow. You are definitely called to this work. We appreciate you for your service. Um, we also know, right, that you can't eat thanks. So we are going to <laughs> say thank you and to bless you in whatever way that we can in terms of utilizing your services and paying you for those services because truly it's invaluable. Uh, what I'll say, once you guys are already in your position and you know that you need to start negotiating future things, pay her 3-0 startup, right? So that's a consultant that you can use and you can start to be creative just based on the the learning that you do and the restructuring of your thinking that you do through Academe 180. How can I use these resources to support my mindset as well as a scholar? So drchristinaalicia.com is the perfect place to start with that journey. Please, please, please follow on Instagram and join the conversation on Academe 180. I love the thought questions that you add. They are all very I would say value provoking and they remind us of our why. So definitely join in on that conversation. We appreciate you for joining us here today. Um, Thanks for having me. Yes. I want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, as I said, I'm trying to, you know, switch things up and be more professional. So we are running a tight hour here. I want to and listen to us on all platforms. Please, whatever platform you are listening to us on, give us five stars. 
whether or not you like this. If you don't like it, leave those comments in the comments. But we need five stars so that people know that you guys are listening. Just go ahead and subscribe so that when you have time, we can come back and listen. We will continue having these conversations. We're going to get better each and every episode. We hope to keep continuing on with these conversations that remind us of our worth, our value, and contribution to society based on the goals that we have set for ourselves, our families, our friends, and our community. So any questions that you have, please continue sending those to the Empower Lab at gmail.com. We will do our mailbag episode at the end of this season. Please, please, please reach out to our very special guest, Dr. Christina Campbell, and continue engaging her in the services that she provides as well. We will see you guys at the next episode.